and we are live here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, uh, Twitter, not Mixer, because Mixer's gone, um, <laughs> and of course, um, every Tuesday on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind, show 29, Dave, so we're wow. really, really getting up there now. Uh, one thing I gave you one for uh, listening in this week, where we're going to be talking about The Undertaker once again, but it's going to be a special best of our favourite matches of The Undertaker shall we say now I posted this on my Facebook originally and then it kind of got picked up and now it's on it was also on the, the comments last week and now it's on Twitter so I kind of wanted to start this week um, I've neglected Twitter and I feel sorry for anyone who was commenting going hey what the hell I thought you were going to talk for me so yeah we are going to go through a few weeks of Twitter messages and uh, endeavour to do better on that front and um, yeah so Dave is there anything you want to start before we, we get into this uh, it's a great day for wrestling everyone welcome it back is. to my show hosted by people who don't hate the product now we're probably going to change the days so obviously this isn't a Monday this is Tuesday we're probably going to do it on a Tuesday or another day while the the virus is receding in certain places and stuff's reopening so life is happening again so uh, just kind of bear with us for the next week or two while we figure out what's going on. It will either probably be Tuesday, like today, or another day, but it won't be too different from that, you know. Um, yeah. Wait, so still- you're saying the show's going to happen on a day of the week? That's fantastic. It will. It just won't be That's- Monday. <laughs> it just won't be Monday. <laughs> um, months and months chimed in. Life is happening again. WWE can happen again too. WWE never stopped. That's how <laughs> never. They just kept going and pretended like it wasn't a thing and now they have a massive outbreak of the virus. So that was the problem. You know, the world may end, but Vince is still going to put on shows and that's one thing we've learned from from this whole thing uh, is, is, is that. So some news before we get into it. This is the segment where I read out news that Dave doesn't know about. <laughs> yeah. That Dave reacts. Oh, man. So I have no idea what's in store this week. Right, so first thing Nia Jax looks like she's ruined everything Nia Jax keeps injuring people so uh, yeah she looks like she's going to be gone very soon yes finally she just just will not stop injuring people and there was some stuff leaked Uh, this comes from Wrestling Lamia where uh, it's leaked that Vince is not happy with her and it looks like this might be done for Nia Jax which to be fair she won't stop injuring people so Come on, it makes sense. Shay- and it's literally your job to keep your partner safe. Like exactly. that's that's what you're supposed to do as a wrestler. Some sad news. Uh Carrie Zane has been removed from WWE for the foreseeable future. We don't know why. This is probably some sort of work. But she was supposed to be doing a bunch of shows and now she's not on it. And I love Pirate Girl. So she's not there. Oh, and that okay. makes me sad. Shayna Baszler. Sorry, it took me a second. I had to remember who she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the I Pirate, do like Girl. Pirate Girl. Yeah. yeah. She's fantastic. Shayna Baszler is going to return to WWE TV but not Raw so it looks like she's going to be moving brands and this is because apparently um, Vince has also just lost interest this is one of his several things this year where he's just lost interest um, Ricochet was one and Andrade was another one so don't 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 I'm sorry, don't go I'm, there. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't have to go bring there. It up. I have to bring it up. I have to bring it up. You know what popped up in my on my memories the other day on things that I had posted go on. was it was uh, almost I guess a year and a week ago was that moment 
where AJ Styles and Ricochet had a confrontation in the ring. The Good Brothers were in AJ, and he stood on top of Ricochet and threw up the click sign. Oh, man. I remember how hyped I was, how excited I was, and now you're telling me he's being put on the back burner? I know he got a little buried last week. The burial hasn't stopped. He's he's still, you know, he's still on, on, uh, on point to just sit there and be stuck forever. Uh, he's not going to be stuck forever. You can't hold someone like him back. You can't. Well, you know, it is what it is. Put him uh, back. You know what? Do, do a Finn Balor. Send him back to NXT. I think that's a great idea. And that's what Honestly. NXT should be. NXT should just be, they should be given the opportunity to be able to go back and work rather than just be kind of lost in the, in the shuffle, you know? I'm not going to um, let you break my heart like that. You can't do it. <laughs> um, speaking of some, some uh, wrestlers who were... Like of the Good Brothers actually and some people who were let go it looks like um, we might be getting some people to Impact Wrestling a bunch of WWE superstars were seen wearing Impact shirts which is interesting one being EC3 um, but he also might be going to East, uh, AEW so there's a few that's still changeable um, ringside news wrestling news all this kind of stuff they're all picking up on it and it looks like um what was it? There was Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the Good Brothers. They're the ones who were yes. spotted wearing Impact shirts. We thought they were going to go. Back. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they also, because you know, I, I follow news that I actually care about. And <laughs> sorry, Nijax. And I did see that they were posing for pictures with the Young Bucks this past week. Yeah. So, so I was saying. thinking maybe AEW. I, it, I don't know. It could be one or the other. We don't know, but that's what's that's what they're kind of leaning to now at the moment. It looks like it's going to be. A debut after well, a couple of days because it's what this happened in April, so we're getting up to that thirty days or ninety days, um, rather. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There is some like we we were kind of wrong. Slammiversary is n- hasn't happened yet because that's how much we keep up with, with Impact. Um. So I don't think it's this week. I think it's the week after, and we'll talk about it because, you know. It's their biggest show of the year, but they have nobody, so feel sorry for them. But that's when we could probably have some uh, some debuts, so we will be keeping an eye on that as we go forward. Um, Y'all make fun of me for not being up on the news. He doesn't even know when the pay-per-views are. I mean, I'm not claiming I do. I'm just saying he doesn't either, so I, I want to see you guys throw him some slack on Twitter this week instead of just me is what I'm asking, basically. It's not that I didn't know it. I thought it already happened because, you know, Impact is just there. It's just a thing. And no matter what happens, it just still goes. Like, I'm convinced that we could all die and Impact would still be putting out shows. <laughs> like, it just happens. I don't even know wh- how, who's funding them or why they, why they took them. It's just, it's weird, man. Impact are just, I don't know. They should just go back to call TNA and die oh, themselves. for crying out loud. No, it's the, you only want them to go back so you, can, you don't have to change your mind every week <laughs> about what to call them. I was going to actually compliment you for remembering its impact. Well, that's because I have it here in front of me. If I didn't have it in front of me, I would go back to calling it what it actually is. Um, I did see a really funny piece of news today where it was like the mortician is set to debut in Impact Wrestling. You know, because The Undertaker was kayfabe news. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, okay. So that's all the news that we have this week. Not a lot, which is great because the news seems to be very upsetting recently with wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so look, I'm going to read some uh, tweets that we had. Tweets? Some tweets. Tweet mail time. 
So we probably will change the handle, but for the moment it's at WVI Desk. If you can come up with a better handle than that, let us know. Uh, we'll change it to it. <laughs> but at the moment it's not. So what uh, we got a Ke not real Kev at not real real Kev pops in. He'll be back. The mania itch is too strong. Plus WDB embracing the cinematic approach to matches has reopened the possibility of a match with Sting. No, 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 no. I told you. I told you. I told you. No, 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 no. Uh, why are you doing this? What? Why? Why? Why are you? Why are you doing this to him? <laughs> don't make Dara feel good. Don't allow him to get his hopes up because he's just gonna end up crushed. It's not worth it, guys. Gary has chimed in. Um, Love Taker. That was the perfect ending. I really hope that's it. Leave him wanting more. So yep. he kind of agrees with you on that one. And then uh, DPM three six five. Dputty three six five. Uh, pops in it was a very pro Vince a pro WWE uh, mm. this is in relation to the Last Ride documentary it was a very pro Vince pro WWE affair uh, with it being a WWE production hopefully if he follows out with WWE and his autobiography will be no hold barred he'll have some brilliant stories to tell I've been mm. thinking about this and I think that we'll see him pop in UFC his hand speed and height will give a massive advantage plus he goes old school in the octagon with capitalize someone I don't think that last one is going to happen. I mean, that sounds completely realistic to me. I see The Undertaker <laughs> at Dana White's Fight Island immediately. No, I, I okay. immediately. There's no 90 days. He doesn't because he's he doesn't follow the same contracts. He might he might even be there for uh, UFC <laughs> 251. We don't know. It's a possibility. Uh, but I, you think you could you could survive a tombstone? Good luck. Uh, once more chimes in. The Paul Bearer will debut after the the mortician. They might, do, yeah, that could happen. And then, uh, good name for the segment at Nerd to Know Tweedia. I like that. That's a good one, actually. Nerd to Know Tweedia. That's funny. <laughs> That's a to the person who commented that the documentary was very pro uh, Vince and Undertaker, there's a great link. Maybe we can put it up on our Facebook page of a video you all can find on uh, YouTube called the undertaker versus ecw and wcw actually it was actually a very okay yeah just cut me off no it's fine no no don't worry i'm why i'm barely even a co-host why not no 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 hold on no dave this is actually this is actually to help you out because i've noticed that um we say oh we're going to leave a link and then we we just don't well yeah that's fair so what i'm going to do is i'm actually going to pop in the chat and i'm going to start popping anything anytime we say we're going to leave a link below no, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to leave a link in the chat and then compile that at the end of the show. So that's what I'm going to do. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, Smart. it is Undertaker versus ACW, uh, WCW, ECW. Continue. And uh, yeah, so my point was going to be that if you want to see The Undertaker in a um, more negative light, you can watch that. Now, granted, he treats it very kayfabe and it's not, you know, necessarily whatever. But I mean, my favorite part of the whole thing is the ending of it. Darren knows what I'm talking about enlighten me what the ending of it is oh well you know they were trying to say that the undertaker buries people oh, but then they yeah, were yeah, they yeah, were letting yeah, you know that yeah. their next episode is going to be about somebody who buries people even more and we get a nice shot of the game <laughs> okay well look all i'm going to say on that is that um i i'm a big fan of uh v and v and Vuzo. Um, that's who, that's channel, yeah. Yeah, that's his channel, and there's a link there now on the screen, but also it's in the chat all across the board. I know I'd say check out V and Vino, Vuzo stuff. It's actually great. Um, I'd love to have him actually on the show at one point because I love his content. The nice little kind of 10-minute clips, like snippets of things. 
and uh, I'd be lying if I said a lot of topics that we talk about in depth don't come directly from his uh, his inspiration but yeah look as far as what you're talking there um, I don't know what you're talking about I didn't see it I know, so. I know. yeah obviously yeah, I don't know I don't know if you ever watched Parks and Recreation have you ever seen Parks and Recreation oh yeah it's, yeah I've seen them all yep. yeah when when someone uh, responds that it's kind of like um, John Ralphio's sister you know that's my reaction to to when anyone says anything about Triple H it's like I've never done anything wrong in my life it's like I know I love you it's okay and that's kind of how I see it so now Triple H has never done anything wrong and I will uh, defend that to the death sir to yeah. the death I'm sure and uh, <laughs> he, he if you do die he'll bury you so don't worry about it but that's okay you know look I will say that you know some interesting stuff came out about John Cena recently where he didn't want oh. AJ Styles in the WWE did you hear that you're just getting back at me. No, I'm I, no, honestly, no, you don't, don't, I don't you dare pit. No, 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 no. Against uh, AJ coming to WWE, and I was shocked. I thought you saw this. I, I, see, see. Well, just just keep going. I need to hear more about this. So yeah, there was a story. Um, I think it was on WrestleMania as well. It came out recently. I'll try to find the link, and if I can, um, I'll, I'll post it. But basically, it was um, after a couple of well, how long is? AJ in WWE like three years, four years. Uh, yeah, he debuted in uh debuted. That's a word, people. Debuted. Um, I talk for a living. Um, <laughs> uh, 2017, wasn't it? Well, so, that, yeah, three years. That may never have happened if one John Cena was to get have get his way. And what I will say is, there's uh, some good books out there. There's one by uh, what's it? I think it's uh, Shad Gaspar. No, JTG, not Shad. Uh, JTG. About his book uh, of all the stuff that John Cena did backstage, so I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Yes, I understand saying. he's done stuff. We can talk. We can get, even get into NXT, but I want to know specifically what, about this AJ Styles thing because my early memories of AJ Styles are the fact that Cena put him over. Well, he put him over when he was there, but into the company. So he, he said didn't no. want them. Wow. You know what that. Um, this might get too meta for people who are like, David, why do you remember promos very specifically? But one of my favorite promos that AJ cut was against Cena leading up to their matches. And he made a comment and he literally did the shovel motion as he said, like, uh, guys like you always want to bury guys like me. Mm. And the reaction on Cena's face felt a little more real than when people take the normal jazz. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, and the thing about, I think every big star, and this is something that we we forget because big stars who aren't John Cena or Batista or something like that, um, like Triple H, Undertaker, Austin, they all have these periods of wanting to be the top guy because they are right, but they want to keep their spot, and it's just that kind of ingrained thing in the industry. And I totally forgot that Undertaker had this where he just. Yeah. Very like literally, and we're not talking gimmick ways. We're talking like he just go in and beat people around the place. And yep. the video that V did is very interesting because you're like, oh wow, he really did just bury all this talent. DDP Canyon, he tried it with the Dudley yep. boys. Um, you know the list goes yeah, on. I'd love to hear. I'd love Mike to hear awesome. some DDP. Awesome. Oh yeah, rest in peace. I'd love to hear some DDP knowledge about um, everything that went down because that was not something I had remembered. And back to Styles. Um, 
that was one of the most iconic moments was the Memorial Day uh, speech that John Cena gave. And then I think it was Memorial Day, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments below. And then AJ came out and they shook hands and the place erupted. Mm. I mean, it was so surreal to see both of them in the same ring at the same time. Well, like I I, I've watched that on loop. Well, I think a lot of that he comes from the fact that AJ was Mr. TNA, right? And Cena right. has that history with TNA where it was all very anti-Cena for a very long time. Even with uh, K-Quick when he was there, they had mm. that altercation in the airport. So, you know, you don't so really you think, know. So you think the issue... So this is what I'm trying to get get out. Like, is the issue that, oh, maybe, kind of like how Undertaker's mentality of is they're not WWE guys, I don't want them. That's what so was John Cena like not TNA or did he feel like... Uh, they're bringing in a talent who could surpass me. Well, it's weird because if it had been four or five years ago, then yeah. Was he worried about like losing revenue, merchandise money? Like, is well, that because well, Vince he, well, didn't see this happening? Well, we've seen what happened with Punk, where he, you know, the brakes are put on there. But by the time Cena came in, he already knew he was kind of on the way out. So I right. think maybe it was more got to do with that. Oh, he's he is like the definition of an outsider but mm. over the past over what a year or two later half the roster became TNA guys right you know in main so I don't know I don't think it was as malicious as it was made out to be but it was something that was brought up mm. and we're like oh wow I didn't think Cena was still doing this but then again you know things change yeah. and welcome to the part of the show where Darren and I talk about things that we know nothing about well, all we can and do just is pure go, speculation. All we can do is go on past um, behavior, past behavior, documented no. history, and then also what kind of happened. So we know that Cena has done X, Y, and Z, but we know all talent have done X, Y, and Z, and mm. that's why you know coming into this specific show today about the Undertaker, it was all very very positive, and then V and Vuso's video comes out, and I'm like, yeah. oh wow. I totally blocked this. And I think I we did. all kind of have those blinders up as well, right? Where it's like, oh, my favorite wrestler wouldn't do that. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Why wouldn't they do it, you know? Well, all I know is that both Taker and Triple H essentially called AJ Styles the best wrestler of not just this generation, but perhaps of all time during the Taker documentary. So, hey. But they're not wrong. Things are things. They're not wrong. They're really not wrong. Um, but yeah, we probably will touch on it briefly because one of the matches that we picked today is from the era, but it's yes, it's different in a sense because it's not a burial. It's just a really, really good match, but we'll get to that. So the matches we're going to talk about today are Undertaker, from most recent to, I guess, less recent. Um, Undertaker good versus- job hitting the mic there, by the way. Super professional. I, I, I'm not used to not having a beard, so... Is that what you're... Yeah, that's what I'm kind of struggling with. I just wanted to illustrate the visual for those of us yeah, who are, listen, for those who are listening to the podcast and the video. To, I'm, try, I'm really struggling with like <laughs> because I'm so used to it now. It's it's really annoying. Um, so yeah, Undertaker versus AJ Styles, Boneyard match from WrestleMania just gone. Yep. Uh, end of an era match, Triple H mm. versus The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Night Stand... Undertaker versus Edge which we've talked about but we'll kind of gloss over again um, Undertaker versus RVD in a hardcore title match from 2001 
Yeah, that was actually mentioned in the burial video that the Infusia did. However, I, I was just watching a 90s bio of The Undertaker, and they did not give it that spin. So mm. it's just interesting how you can take the same story and have it come out two different ways, exactly. depending on the narrative. Uh, Undertaker returns Judgment Day 2000 at the uh, mm. Iron Man match, which is a really good match anyway. We'll talk about it because it's just a good excuse to talk about it. Um, then there's the Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin a WWF title match from Raw 99 Mankind mm-hmm. versus the Undertaker Hell in a Cell and mm-hmm. then a write in from Gary which was Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker so obviously yeah. you know uh, the first or the second I forget everything I, we'll, we decided do, we'll to talk about both. we'll develop them a bit we'll talk okay. about both because they kind of are the same we're kind of listing them all now just so that when we don't get past like the first three <laughs> <laughs> At least you know our list. At least you know our list. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and look, what I will say is, if you guys disagree with us and we're going to talk about if you have your own kind of match, like, leave it in then the comments Then listen to below. another show. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> leave it in the comments below so we can kind of, you know, have this good kind of compendium uh, list of matches that we kind of point to and go, hey, look, these are some really good Undertaker matches. Cause there's, like, this weird point where his matches aren't great, but they're fun. And then there's mm. some that are genuinely great, and then there's a bunch of trash matches, which is kind of in that fee and so period. That's what we're going to call it now, that fee and so burial period. Yeah, burial period. Um, okay. Where, like, yeah, he really did just have garbage matches for like two or three years. Um. So, yeah, let, let's kind of start from 1998. So, while Corey McChrystal referred to as the greatest lie that was ever told. <laughs> yes, AJ Styles. <laughs> he's not. He's not here yet. He's not here yet. We're gonna get. To I, I don't know. I didn't. I know. Yeah. If you're listening, um, I, I didn't hold up. Yeah, mixer's not around right now, AJ. If you want your voice heard, just throwing it out there. Exactly. Go. To, go to Twitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So listen. Uh, so the greatest lie that was ever told: the Hell in a Cell match from 1998. Right. The, the greatest of, lie that was never told. Okay. That was ever told because it's not really a match. It's like four spots <laughs> oh, no. and then 10 minutes of lying around and you don't ever think about that because you're like, oh, wow, there's such great spots. And then you watch the match and you're like, nothing happens. Nothing. Like, he gets thrown off it and then there's nothing for 10 minutes and then there's a bit of a match at the end. So it's a bit of a mess, but the overall like mystique around this match has really kind of overtaken its reality. It's one of those things that you expect it to be way... Like, it's super important, right? Because it changed the whole nature of what you expect the Hell in a Cell match to be. When it, before this, the, the one before it was pretty bad with Shawn Michaels. Um, I think it was at Bad Blood, not D7. And, uh, yeah, so what do you think about the Hell in a Cell match? You know, it's tough for me. Uh, I, look, I love deathmatch wrestling, so it was cool to see Mick Foley really go to those roots of his and mm. to take those bumps, but you're absolutely right. I mean, he gets thrown off the top of the cage. I mean, I'm not, this isn't even kayfabe. Like, the guy literally almost dies. There was no crash pad under that announce table that he fell on. Well, see, that was planned. That's It was planned. That spot well, actually was planned. It was but planned, then, but, then but going, still. But then going through, the, and so I once it goes through it's like yeah there's no crash pads or whatever and then you're left to 10 minutes of kind of nothing and then after that the second spot which was supposed, he was supposed to bounce right back up from the choke slam, and he doesn't he just goes through it that wasn't planned so it's no like, and, but there's no. less lying around 
after that spot than the first one for some reason. Well, the most dubious thing about that second spot, we're talking about the absurdity of Mick Foley being able to climb back up the cage. Um, but one of the things that made it so tense even watching it was the fact that each step that the performers took, you could see the steel like slinking down. It was yeah. not like today where they're using like, reinforced a, well, because yeah. of this match. Yeah. Like they're using stuff that's more reinforced. This was, I don't know, maybe this is just some cheap chain link fence or something. That's what it was. Yeah, always, it was just chain yeah. link fence. Yeah. And people always focus on the fact that he went through it, which I do think, if I remember Foley's book, was planned for him to go through. No, but what supposed, wasn't? He, he was supposed to bounce back up. He oh, wasn't oh, oh. true at all. Oh, it was, he was, it was okay. Choke slam on the top that he was supposed to bounce back up, and they were supposed to finish the match up on top. Okay. Well, what I remember, um, especially from reading his book, is the fact that it wasn't the spot that hurt him of falling through it's the fact that there was a rogue steel chair that fell through with him and after he hit the mat landed in his face sent tooth up through his nose which i still oh, that's an image yeah. that's an image yeah yeah and that's, that's um, the I real mean, famous yeah. one as well where he kind of turns back and you see the tooth of his nose and you're like oh Oof. my god <laughs> like that's what it like it has these it has these crazy moments where if it hadn't been well look you can't really say oh if you had a worth a better match it's like the man nearly killed himself you know so it's like yeah. what, what do you want from him you know but uh, I did think I, I did think I don't think it's fair to say that it was like a lot of nothing because it was super tense as soon as you realized oh something might really go wrong because this structure has not been per- like built correctly mm. that's what made it so tense and added to the mystique because we and also we'd never seen anything like this before yeah ever anything ever like it was it was just on the cusp of when we were getting into this new new wwe like yeah Mm -hmm. there were ladder matches there were cage matches but it wasn't it wasn't this right and that's kind of big you know that's that's big to really get into um also it ends with the chokeslam onto the thumbtacks which again was like how much are you putting yourself through? You know, it's like that, that's, I love how that's an overlooked spot. Yeah, because just the thumbtacks, like, which is weird. But what's crazy about this match is like I don't remember on the run up to it, mankind being a hardcore wrestler, right? As far as like right. this hardcore, this was like a cactus jack kind of match, and it yeah. didn't really, it doesn't really fit. When I go back and kind of watch it, I'm like, okay, one, the setup is kind of weird because it. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Like Undertaker, mankind feuded for years, obviously, but this this escalation point was not really warranted. Yeah, and that's the big thing when I'm watching this match. I'm like, okay, it's not really a match. It's a story that does kind of happens for no real reason. And he did get reprimanded. Fully actually got reprimanded by Vince. Well, I don't even know if reprimands right where, but he said, "Thank you." But if you ever do anything like that again, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like, I cannot yeah. have that, like, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh. And that's why you never really see people going off the top of the Hell in a Cell anymore. No, I, I remember when The Shield did it, and you could see, and they, they did it actually off the side. It wasn't completely off the top. Yeah. Um, and they even had clear footholds. That's another thing. Like nowadays, there's actual footholds in so the you, so you can climb, so you can climb up. Yeah. Then they, how does the Undertaker even climb that thing or things? I'm going through my head, like you know. Well, that's what it, that, uh, that's actually what uh, 
JR says. He's like, um, how's how did how's Taker climb? Well, one Taker is a big guy, and he's like, he's he's saying how is he able to climb? But then I think King is like, Foley's shoulders dislocated, and he's still able to climb it. And you're like, that's impressive. That's like, wild. People say he wasn't in good shape. It's like, well, he was able to climb that with a broken shoulder. That's dislocated shoulder. That's pretty impressive. But yeah, and I think, think, maybe he needed that extra padding to take those bumps, quite frankly. I don't, probably. Like, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I know Shane McMahon, some people are going to be like, oh, Shane McMahon jumped off. I'm like, yeah, but that was a lot more padding there. And very protected. It was very protected. Very. Still not fun. No, no. Not fun at all. Um, but I, I will say the downside is what you just mentioned. Like, we always now expect somebody to come off the top. Mm-hmm. And they've done it a couple times. WCW went a little way too far with it. I can't remember what that, like, in one of their triple cages, somebody came off the top, and that was scary. I don't like but triple I remember, cage matches. I think they're silly. No, they're very yeah. silly. Uh, but we love the corporate tower escapade or whatever it was called. Cinematic. Uh, oh, Money in the Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 but who was it? Who was it? The Undertaker threw off the cage, and then he landed in the the Forklift. truck bed that had Rikishi. Rikishi, yeah, yeah. So it is like there's this precedent that's been set. Like, uh, didn't Shane jump off um, to take her and do like an an elbow? I'm wondering if the hell is um, shorter now than it was in '98. Um, I think no. It's just the actual landing is more protected. Like the actual area is set up for someone to land, rather than just. A one of the old school announce tables, which may or may not broke break depending on who hits it, you know. Just um, thank God this wasn't Japan. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. The tables never break. <laughs> um, yeah. So look, the interesting thing about this is it wouldn't end because the cage would come down later on the night with the Stone Cold Steve Austin Kane match. Kane's first title win was a um, first blood match, and the yes. cage comes down. Mick Foley runs out, takes a completely unprotected chair shot, which is. You're like, oh my god, please, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, that that almost means nothing in context. It's just when you see, you're like, how are you not in the hospital? Why are you still hanging around in the back? We uh, probably won't get another chance to mention this, so I just want to point out that one of the most brutal chair shots ahead ever is the one that Undertaker gives to Vince McMahon in, I think, like, I think it was around like 97-ish. I'm not sure. Like, I, I'd have to rethink it. Was it with the blue chair? Uh, I just know it was during the like corporate like corporate slash ministry days. Then it was so somewhere like, in there. It was like no, that would have been ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, it was vicious. It was absolutely vicious. Pretty good chair shot from you know Austin, but basically Undertaker cost Austin the belt. Uh, right, to right, giving right. it to Kane. Like he misses Kane and then busted Austin open, and that's what happens, right? But what mm-hmm. I find interesting, and here's one thing I actually wanted to mention because again, something we probably won't get a chance to talk about at least in the near future Austin's in a first blood match right right his head is kind of cut open already from shenanigans on heat why does he come out in trunks I mean if I'm in a first blood match I'm just gonna pull the mummy from ECW's first episode or the zombie he's against Kane who's at this point the only completely covered yeah well except for his arm and I'm like right this is ridiculous. Did you not? Like, <laughs> and King actually's like, you know, lampshades it, and he's like, "Well, you're not. Really, you're have a hard time making Kane bleed there, you know." So it was. They wrote themselves in a corner, and I think that was probably the best way around it. But yeah, not a good match. But Mm-mm. it kind of again, either is the hell in the cell from this time period as well, because it's part of a story that 
isn't really about mankind and Undertaker. It's kind of about everything else. And that's just part of it. So this is what we're talking about. Multi-tiered story where every match kind of made sense and fed into an overarching story. Which is mm-hmm. the big change that we start seeing the more and more we move away from the attitude era. And you'll see that. So the next one is, uh, you know, again, a throwaway match on Raw. But this mm-hmm. is, we never got the definitive Undertaker-Austin match. We never really got that one. Surprising, right? Yeah, I know. I remember I was talking to Austin about it. And he said... Um, I actually am going to clip that interview and put it on the channel. Um, and he's, you know, he always wanted a match at WrestleMania with the Undertaker. Never, it just never happened. And when you think back, you're like, they never even have a de- had a definitive match where you can point to and go, this is. So it was loads of these kind of matches. And that's why I picked this one out because I'm like, this is just what their matches were kind of like. Now, they had a few uh, fully loaded 1999, again, a first blood match, um, where would kind of set up the rest of that year with Austin winning and stuff but um, yeah there's no match I can point to really so Undertaker versus Austin while it is one of the biggest feuds in WWE history it's a lot of these matches so kind of is what it is sadly yeah Um, the next one is The Undertaker returning so it's not really an Undertaker match as such it's his return so he he was gone for most of 2000 um, he got injured during the, the what well, I can't remember the name of the Big Show tag team. Uh, uh I have no idea. Is this the Orbital Bone? Yeah, no. This was. I think it's the Holy Alliance. Or is this I think, the best? I think that's what. No, 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 no. Not that. Not the name of the uh, who. What tag team has ever been named the Orbital Bone? There. No, no, no. But it wasn't that injury. It wasn't. I think. It was, okay, it wasn't I think, that. I think one. it was a pectoral injury. Um, okay. That took him out, and. Um, it was literally darn, darn. I thought this was my chance to say one of my nope. to mention one of my favorite Undertaker getups of all time. The mask, which is when he comes. Yeah, the mask. But that was way earlier on. That was like nineteen ninety five, ninety six. It was very early. Yeah. So this was like uh, nineteen ninety nine. I think it was like literally just as he shacks up with the Big Show. Um, shacks up. It's and he win the belt and everything, and he's just gone. And you're like, oh, he's gone now. So that's what happened. And I remember watching it as a kid, going, "Where's the Undertaker gone?" No one ever, mm-hmm. no one ever brought it up again. He just wasn't there, and then all of a sudden we start getting these vignettes um, of the little girls, which doing the kind of creepy things, you know. So creepy. So creepy. So effective though, and I remember watching Judgment Day 2000, and it was all built around because they were involved with it too. Again, this was like a really, really cool time, really exciting because uh, time to be a wrestling fan. Because a lot of these shows all kind of fed into each other, and you know, actually. Next week we're going to talk about Judgment Day 2000 because it's great. Um, it's a great show. Fantastic. Can't wait yeah. to watch it. That's going to be fun. And um, be reminded. And yeah. So the main event was... Other than this match. Yeah. The main event for this was the first time I actually saw an Iron Man match mm. that I cared about. So I didn't care about Shawn Michaels and Black Hart. I don't even know how to respond to that so I'm just going to let you keep going. Fair. Um, so I just didn't care. I was like, ah, whatever. It's boring. And I thought the WrestleMania match was boring. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but this one had Triple H. Oh, God. So I was like, yes, Triple H is, is defending the game, right? And he's going against The Rock. So I was like, I was in. You know, I was like, this is brilliant. And then he had the Shawn Michaels stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Shawn Michaels is there. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden, Undertaker comes out at the end of it and mm-hmm. has one of the coolest returns ever. Completely mm-hmm. unexpected. Because remember, this is like no one was expecting Undertaker to come out in a, with a bicycle to Kid Rock. <laughs> Which is weird. And it's still weird when you think about it. But, um, but it worked. It did work. And here's the thing, though, right? We now learned that not only not only was The Undertaker returning at this point, but he was actually being courted by WCW at this point. It is where he got his start. It's worth mentioning. Well, the gimmick that they offered him was this. He was supposed oh. to be Biker Undertaker. Just not called okay. The Undertaker, just Mark Calloway probably. Um, and this is what... Go back, yeah, what was he called originally in WCW? Like, mean Mark Calloway? Mean Mark Calloway? Yeah. yeah, so that that's what he was kind of brought back with. And he must have negotiated um, with WWE to be like, hey, look, I kind of want to do this. Can I do this? Interesting. So that's that kind of adds a bit, another wrinkle to um, to this thing today, you know? Um, you know, something I've always, since we're talking about returns, something I've always loved about The Undertaker is the fact that he'll disappear for a while and then come back to a grandiose return. Yeah. And without getting too in-depth on it, who do you think has the best leaving and comeback returns and debuts? The Undertaker or Chris Jericho? Jericho. There's just something about it, right? Yeah, no, Jer- Jericho's because it never feels the same. It always feels complete. Like, Jericho 1999 does not feel like Jericho 2008 does not feel like Jericho now does not feel like Jericho WCW they're all com- it's like he's a different yeah. person he completely changes every time I think my favorite one well I don't know 2008 will always resound I think it was 2007 hmm. it was it was like November 2007 but I think my favorite actually was the one where he came back and he just did not speak for like three or four weeks he just soaked up adulation from the crowd <laughs> and like ran around in circles that was good that was really good. The, the completely egomaniacal sycophant. Yeah. Uh, which was great. And that, to be fair, like the great thing about Jericho, and not to go off on the Jericho tangent, we probably will do one of these at some point with Jericho. Even though his band has still blocked me on Twitter for some reason. Um, I was a fuzzy fan, still am. I don't get it. Anyway. You must have done something, man. I gave them a bad review. Oh. But it was a fair review. It's just that album was not good. Um, well, that this is definitely the way to redeem yourself. Right. Double down that the album sucked. It did. The best thing about it was I had an ABBA <laughs> cover. And I'm like, I think I said in the review, if the best thing on your album is an ABBA cover, you're doing something wrong. Because <laughs> um, you can't do a bad ABBA cover. It's not possible. ABBA's great. Um, I was going to say, this has so happened to me with a co-host before where they've ridden down on a wrestler and I got blocked as a result, a.k.a. I'm... <laughs> I can't see Hulk Hogan's tweets. So, I love Fozzie. Do not associate me with this <laughs> Irishman over here. Hold okay, on thank you. Being blocked by Hulk Hogan is an honor. That's how you know you're on the right side of history. I'm blocked <laughs> by Hulk right Hogan. History. <laughs> I'm blocked by Hulk Hogan, and I'm proud of that. But being blocked by Fozzie is completely ridiculous. I'm like, I'm sorry. I defend Fozzie to the ground. But now, are you are you blocked by both Jericho and Fozzie? Or just I'm not Fozzie blocked by Jericho, no. just Fozzie, because I've okay. you know I've never said anything bad. But I'm like, come on, man, you're one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, I don't hate your band, but just that was a bad album. Look, we all make bad music from time to time. You gotta embrace it, you know. But the new album's good. 
So they learned from yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And uh, they, they have face masks that you can buy now so you can stay protected in these COVID times. I'm not sure why I'm shilling for Fozzie of all people, but. And we're demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, but we, I said I just I it's know, good. It's good. Know, Go buy their product. Why not? And once the popped in. Oh, I said the c word. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said, um, you said, you said the, the health. What WrestleMania? What do they call it? Global health emergency. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, no. But yeah, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, you can't say the name of the virus on YouTube, or they will uh, ban Harmia. So. It is what it is. Um, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, Phoenix FM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys know. You guys know. But yeah, look. Um, yeah, we, we'll do one of these for Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho's matches. They're great. He actually didn't have like a great song with The Undertaker like, ever as well, which is weird. Like They never really crossed paths to the point where it's like they didn't have this definitive match. Mm-hmm. So if I'm wrong, let me know. Don't think I am. I can't remember a definitive Jericho Undertaker match I can't either he would have been a cool Wrestlemania opponent yeah it's just they never seemed to kind of cross paths it was I think the similar like a lot of their matches would be similar to Austin where they wrestled against each other a bunch but never really in any kind of defining moment which is weird but um yeah so moving on from there we have Undertaker versus RVD again Taker is hardcore into his biker gimmick. This is the first time I can remember Undertaker going for the hardcore belt or any like major star going for the hardcore belt, except for that weird match on Raw, which had the Rock Undertake, uh, the Rock Big Show and Angle, I think, going for the hardcore belt, which was strange. Oh um, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was like Vengeance 2001, December, or RVD has a hell of a show, and Undertaker walks away yeah. with it. Now, to be fair, up until I watched V's video. Um, I just was like, well, this makes sense. It's the Undertaker. He's right. It's the Undertaker. Like, <laughs> um, and I don't think RVD was buried at all in this. I think this was really fair. So I will have to disagree with V's opinion on that. What do you think? I think I would too. And actually, I gotta say, you could tell that they, or at least the Undertaker, really spent time respecting and understanding RVD's move sets because there are some great counters during this match. So as as far as the match itself goes, I think that, I think it was actually pretty solid. It's not like I really didn't get an A offense. It's that Taker kind of was the vet, so he knew how to outsmart him and such. So I, I thought that all went pretty pretty well. And since you haven't gotten to it and it's not on our list, I got to say that I'm actually somebody who's a huge fan of the Undertaker versus Yokozuna uh, casket match. I don't know what your thoughts on that on where uh, on that were, but. I really enjoyed it. I hate casket matches in general. Well, is, so, is, is so, something interesting so, so, though? So, so Why sell, do you... sell me on it? Okay, I'm, I'm not I'm not even going to sell you specifically on that. I'm going to sell you on the fact that there's a wrestler like Taker who has a gimmick that we have so many matches that have come just from his gimmick. Is there another wrestler in a major promotion who more uh, gimmick matches have been created for? Because I mean, we've no. got. Buried Alive, we've got the Rest in Peace match, we've got the Boneyard match, we've got, um, I'm not, I'm going to sound really silly, if, yeah, it's Casket match, the the um, Inferno matches with Kane. Um, so, I, don't I mean, the think, first, yeah. I don't think there is anyone else. And, and he even adopted matches as well, they became his Hell in a right. Cell. Hell in a Cell was essentially a taker match. Yeah, up until it wasn't. 
Um, I mean, it's it's, it's Taker slash Triple H is essentially Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Uh, most of them have popped in there saying uh, I love I like the aesthetic of a Kaka match but the execution doesn't work that well that's the thing it doesn't and if you I really like it want if I you like want it better to see than that, an ambulance match though ambulance matches are they're okay but um, Why are you giving a, it's the same concept the only difference is you don't have the absurdity of dragging <laughs> your opponent up a ramp to put them in an ambulance you just slide them into a casket and uh, Yokozuna popping the lid up and hitting Taker and so Taker doesn't win the belt and there's one, there's one thing that kind of, you know, to see where these matches go wrong, like in its own, its most um, evolved form. Okay. The last rights match from TNA. But, 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 but what are you doing? What, what are you doing? What are you, how are you possibly comparing Undertaker no, casket not, matches I'm just to saying, anything that happened? No, you just did. I, I'm just saying that's when you know that's it in its worst form, you know, laid bare where it's that match. And if you haven't seen that match, Go watch the match. It's the worst thing you'll ever see in your life. Instant fury. You just got instant fury <laughs> from me, just for that. Uh, um, I, but okay, I, I, what, if I could sell you on anyway, I would say that moment where Kevin. Well, he was Diesel at the time. That moment where Diesel opens the casket that gets mm-hmm. wheeled down and expects to see Taker returning in it, and instead it's his own self in there. That gave me chills as a kid. Well, there's one here. Um, what about a double match? Put them in the casket and then throw that in the ambulance. That's effectively what the... What into the, the hearse. Was... Throw into a hearse. Well, that's effectively... Boom. Yeah, that, that, was, that was done, wasn't it? I think it was, actually. Yeah. yeah, I think that was done. And that's actually how AJ Styles comes to the Boneyard match. Yes. <laughs> Which is fun. I just love the idea that there's uh, that there's there's a room in Titan Towers that's just full of caskets that the Undertaker's <laughs> leave. Like it's True Blood or something. Like what's happening here? Like, You're welcome, HBO. That, that's where he shows up. He's just like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna hang out in my room. I'm like, all right, yeah. No, I guess now okay. since we both since I just mentioned the Triple H and Undertaker, they both kind of own Hell in a Cell. Maybe now is the time to talk about End of an Era. Yeah, which happened twice. And actually happened, so did Rock Hogan. I mean, Rock three Cena. times. Everybody forgets about WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like end of an era, the Hell in a Cell was kind of like the best one of the series. Absolutely. Um. Shawn Michaels' involvement. I. Oh man, I I got emotional during it. Like that's one of those matches that I got emotional. You could feel Shawn's pain, and I know it's just great acting, but still, like that yeah. that got me. Maybe well, it's because I was little, I don't know. Well, after that point, you know, Shawn Michaels had beaten, had been beaten by Taker. Right. So you had that history, you had the history of the match itself, and then you had, obviously, the what this meant. And again, mm-hmm. this was at the point where Undertaker had somehow gone from being a brawler to being someone who puts together these epic matches that are great. Yeah, that triangle choke that he was oh, implementing yeah. at that like, time was fantastic. Like, these matches that were actually, like, better than anything he did in his prime anything yeah. he did when he kind of came back and it was this weird period where like The Undertaker had this resurgence that was just nobody saw coming and um, his Wrestlemania series to this point was just unbelievable so yeah like I'd say if, I, if you haven't seen the end of an era match um, watch both of them and you kind of tell a similar story you really yeah. see um, some great acting from Shawn Michaels as you said um, one oh. of the best Hell in a Cell matches of all time is and, uh, and didn't have to involve going up top and throwing anybody off. It, it was just and it wasn't bloody match, and it wasn't match mm. in a cell either. It was the they used story in a cell. Yeah, they told the cage to use the cage to tell the story, and that's what's supposed to be used rather than just something that blocks your viewpoint. You know, 
yeah, and spoiler I'm... alert for something that happened like 15 years ago but um there's, there's nothing quite like seeing referee Shawn michaels going from that trying to be impartial to no this is my friend triple h and you see that super kick into the pedigree and then taker kicks out at the last second that was i think the first time during the we're acknowledging that there's a streak thing going on mm. that i thought oh, the streak's about to end because no. it's Triple H, we know the pool for, he has. For me, the oh, first, I felt it. For me, the first time was Edge. That was the first time when, yeah, I thought Edge was going to end it. Really? Yeah. Um, there's a few actually. The, the streak itself is something we can probably come back to and talk about yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. in in detail. But you know, I think for everyone, had to have a different moment. Going, oh my god, it's going to happen, and it doesn't. You know. Um, but yeah, we talked. We talked. We talked about the Edge. Undertaker one night stand match um, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that do it's one of the best little sleeper matches yeah, that they've cool. had it's really good from uh, one night stand 2008 and yeah okay well we have to, obviously this was a right and not on our list but um, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker their series similar kind mm. of thing retirement to Shawn Michaels well we thought it was anyway until Sweet Saudi Money showed up um, I personally have some cognitive dissonance. I don't remember what you're talking about. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. But w- what did you think about about that um, series? Was it better than Triple H stuff, or do you rank them kind of the same level? I would put them as matches. Mm. I think they were better. Right. Um, Story wise, I thought the Hell in a Cell end of an era match had me more compelled. Like I didn't ever believe that Shawn Michaels was going to defeat the Undertaker. So I, I did think that that was a possibility of Triple H because I was so hardcore into news and following the politics backstage that it would get leaked. We knew how much pool Triple H had. I thought they could, they could really do this. They could really ruin this streak right here. But with Sean, it was always, we're going to see a classic. We're going to see a guy work his, both these guys work themselves off to put on the best match they possibly can. So it didn't have the suspense that I got from mm. end of an era. But, oh, man, in terms of just spot by spot. And this is back when Taker was still doing those dives out of the ring. Nearly um, nearly actually ended very badly because he wasn't caught during yeah. one of these dives. Well, the, the worst one was during the Edge one. Yeah. The, the, yeah. If so, if that streak was going to end, it's because maybe that was Edge's way of doing it. He was just going to have Taker break his neck. Just kill the Undertaker. <laughs> just like, there like, you go. Well, I guess I broke the streak. I broke something. <laughs> Um, another comment there from Monster but those caskets are the ultimate piece of merch for fans to be buried in I don't know um, oh well like they're at his coffins I think WWE missed out they did release they did release like the ugliest belt ever except for Jeff Hardy's TNA belt a couple of weeks ago or months ago now at this point did you, you see you, it you do like why why, why what? new goal we get through a show without Dara mentioning TNA <laughs> I can't do it no, on Bryn's like there's two things you don't bring up to me TNA and Star Wars or else it just goes off the, <laughs> it just goes off the bat and that's what happens but yeah like it's just because it's a good reference point like the ugliest belt I've ever seen is Jeff Hardy's belt when he was on all the drugs and, I, um, I kind of liked it why? I, I kind of liked all the drugs Jeff Hardy <laughs> I mean it's it's one of Sting's best matches <laughs> Well, until that match with The Undertaker in a couple of years I mean that's exactly how I see the Taker match going quite frankly <laughs> 
I, well, look, the way I see that match going, all joking aside, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll go back to the, the what we opened the show with. Um, Why did tweets. I open the door? Why did I open the door? Yeah, I, I'll go back to it because um, you know I'm not the only one that th- that is saying this. Not not real Kev at not real Kev. You know, he says that WWE embracing cinematic matches is the way to do this, and I think you know you, you go you show up to the Undertaker with a dump truck full of money, and then you go here. Here's all the money you want. Go in there now and have this match. And they don't even have to be there. You know, they could, if the, you know, they just have to, you know, do the spooky things and then that's it. Yeah. So do you think that, because I'm never getting near the end here, do you think that it's the wrestling of The Undertaker and, and, and just even just the character that he has while wrestling that people attach themselves so much to? Or do you really think it's the pre match mystique, the after match mystique, the vignettes and all that? Is that what makes him a powerful character? And quite frankly, that's what got him through times when he wasn't, I mean, he was always very talented, but he wasn't really that great of a wrestler no, at times. He, he was phoning it in. And the thing I love, I love about this list is, and what I try to actually. Please don't do, kill me if you're listening. No, listen. No, what I try, look, this list proves it. I didn't even go that far back. I didn't go back to when he yeah. was kind of green because that's not fun. No. Um, but even, you know, his heyday, right? His real heyday, 1998, 1999, he was not good. Like, he, he wasn't what you'd say a technician, mm. right? And wrestling at that point, but he didn't need to be because wrestling in the Archie era wasn't technical. It was kind of garbage, but it was fun, right? But that yeah. wasn't bad because that wasn't the whole point of the, of, of that period. It was more let's tell the story, let's kind of progress this angle, and then, you know, there's a ring, you have to go out and, you know, fall down a bit. But Welcome to the era of wrestling known as Vince Russo. Exactly, right? So, it got him through. Which I love. Well, so do I. I, I think it's great, right? But, has problems. Massive problems, which we document mm-hmm. on this show a lot. But, still worked, right? So, The Undertaker didn't have to be that guy, right? None of them were. Look at Rock. Rock is terrible. Still didn't matter. You know, Austin. Austin was great, but even when he was hurt, he could still work enough to do the same thing, you know, until he couldn't. When we saw The Undertaker come back, there was a kind of... We still hadn't got that infusion of talent from elsewhere. Mm. And then once we got that infusion of talent, like the Radicals, for example, that's when that's when you really start seeing that shift, Right. Where it's like, oh, right, you have your brawlers, but you also have incredibly talented mat wrestlers. Kurt Angle showed up around the tail end of 1999. So you start seeing a change, right? One of one of Taker's favorite uh, wrestlers of all time, actually, is Kurt Angle, because oh, he yeah. had so much respect for him because of the Olympic stuff. Exactly, so. and that was it. But what I find interesting is that he never lost that reputation of being a brawler, but his in-ring talent and uh, mm-hmm. pool grows so vast in the mid 2000s where it's like it's like you're watching a different wrestler moves yeah. differently still does the big spots but doesn't move as lumbering I don't know if that was to answer your question I don't know if he was because he was never a bad wrestler right that's one thing that no never. He was never a bad wrestler but I don't no. know if the wrestling style of his airy career where he was you know the, the face paint and the the more mortician right gimmick yeah well, that, i mean it was early 90s we're talking this was the cartoon era but that's it i think WWF. he was just wrestling 
he was gimmick wrestling as in like right. how would an undead person wrestle right that's a terrible do you know what I mean yeah. so he was kind of limited to being that big lumbering <laughs> Mike, Mike, Michael Myers kind of guy right 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 and that's kind of what how I always rationalize that right 1998 1997 1999 you see a bit you see moving away from that but you're still in this garbage period of wrestling where you can't have your 25 minute matches because nobody wants to watch that you know they just don't at the no. time it, you have to kind of move through the story I mean we did get Undertaker versus Undertaker yeah. the wrestler who actually got to fight his own demons well there you go um, uh, the, fun the... fact about that match Brett and Owen mm-hmm. went over by 20 minutes which is why Taker versus Taker was so short now in retrospect I'm kind of glad it did but see, but, that, uh... but see that's what I mean that was you know you didn't have people like Brett Owen. Yeah. Really. Except for Brett Owen. It wasn't right. like late like to tell us we had this, you know, whole pit of Brett Owens there, you know. Um so I have to I have to hand it to Undertaker. He he managed to adapt with the times and become a much better all-around wrestler. So he still had the spooky spooky um atmosphere and the entrances and all that kind of stuff but then when the, the bell rung holy cow he would go in and have a great match oh he could go he could go and it was just like wow this was unbelievable you know so it it's one of those things that nobody expected and when it happened it just I think that's why the streak became so good because it was at that time period where Undertaker was 100% ready for it like you 2003 on sorry from 2000 five on that's when he started getting the really good Undertaker matches up until that point yeah. a lot of the streak is garbage like Big, Bo- Big Boss Man versus The Undertaker Nathan Jones versus The Undertaker oh uh, I forgot about that one yeah. come on like there's it, there are not and we, you know we will if you guys want us to talk about the streak we, we'll, we will go in and we'll do a show on the streak but um, it's just the latter part of it is what makes it good not the, the initial that's true the initial part so yeah because um, it had a gimmick it did have a gimmick it wasn't just a match it was will this be the end of the streak so there the was matches were so good. much more pressure on it. oh but they the were so good. Were good you know they you, were good. you had like really good up and coming guys or even established stars like Sean yeah. Michaels Triple H um, and uh, Edge and all that kind of stuff going for CM Punk they were all there yeah. to, to, to really put on this great wrestling match with all the spooky stuff, the big right. entrances. It's like, it's the pinnacle of The Undertaker. It's the best way to use The Undertaker. Yep. Up until the last thing we'll talk about. We only have like two minutes, but we've talked about this already at Great Land. Bone Is it the match. fact that The Undertaker was at first nervous of debuting the WWE because, or WWF because he thought that he was going to be the one coming out of the egg as the gobbledygooker? Yeah. Fun fact, I bet y'all didn't know that. Yeah, He was legitimately where Vince had to call him and say, no, 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 that's not you, that's not you, don't worry. Imagine, imagine, well, that would have been it. But look, Undertaker, AJ Styles, what is the last Undertaker match? Apparently, not really, it's really not. Um, but it is, it is. probably it, the future. He's retired, hundred percent. No, he, he's not. It's over. It's done. I'm going to clip this so we can play it in like a year. No, there's nothing. Oh yeah, play it in. A, yeah, <laughs> no, play it in ten years when it hasn't <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, it is kind of like the, the defining Undertaker match of what we have now, where it yeah. has the spots. It's not a match. It's more of an experience, and that's what people want. And I think that's what we might see again. You know, but if you haven't seen any of the matches. 
I'm gonna put them underneath this show underneath um I can't link to them, obviously, but they're easy enough to find and um I'll put them underneath the show. Add to them, let us know what you think. Uh, if you disagree or agree or you know, tell Dave why Sting is a new taker's gonna happen. Um because he wants to hear it. Look at that face, he wants to, he knows. He knows. He knows he can't deny it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dave, is there anything you want to say before we, we wrap up? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, guys, at the Dave Stevens. If you're watching the video, it's right. How do I put my fingers? Right, it's right here. That that's my do yeah, it. Follow me. It. That it. thing. Also, subscribe. <laughs> if you made it this long in the video, why aren't you subscribed yet? Like us. Hit the bell for notifications. Pop us up in the algorithm. That's I'm done chilling. Exactly. exactly. Also, Dara just dropped a new album, and it's awesome. I listened to it last night. You should really to. check it out. Yeah. I'll leave a comment to that below. Uh, horrendous. The Altus. It's. Uh, it's on Bandcamp, Spotify, all that good stuff. Would appreciate it. And uh, yeah, guys, subscribe, leave a like, let us know uh, what you thought of the show. And of course, we have a lot more coming here on Nerd to Know Media. And if it is to Phoenix FM, guys, we'll be back next week, same time as always. Bye, guys.